Hey everyone, it's Joey here. The tech news this week includes the big story. The RTX 3000 series gaming GPUs have been announced by Nvidia. And also news from Nintendo. Intel is launching their 11th generation core processors. Amazon drivers are putting their smartphones in trees. And the sale of TikTok has been complicated by China's revised laws. Japan has flying cars and physicists discover anti-gravity. All this and more as it's time for the tech news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Hey everyone, it's Joey. I hope you're all doing well. So I'm doing things a little differently this week. I'm going to have different categories of news. Today, since we've got big gaming news, we're going to start with that. So here we go. This is the gaming news. NVIDIA has announced their RTX 3000 series gaming GPUs. NVIDIA announced the RTX 3090, 3080, and 3070 GPUs this past week. The RTX 3090, which is more of a Titan-class GPU, will have 10,496 CUDA cores, that's a lot, with a base clock of 1.4 GHz and a boost clock of 1.7 gigahertz and 24 gigabytes of GDDR6X VRAM. Memory bandwidth of 935.8 gigabytes per second and a bus width of 384 bits. It has 82 RT cores and 328 tensor cores. It's a 350 watt GPU and will cost $1,500 for the card. The RTX 3080, which is billed as the new flagship GPU, has 8,704 CUDA cores with similar base and boost clocks, but 10 gigabytes of GDR6X VRAM and a 760 gigabyte per second memory bandwidth and 320 bit bus width. It has 68 RT cores and 272 tensor cores, and is a 320 watt card at $700. And the RTX 3070 has 5,888 CUDA cores, again with a base of boost clocks, not too far off from the others, with 1.5 gigahertz for the base clock and 1.73 gigahertz for the boost clock. It has eight gigabytes of GDDR6, rather than the GDDR6X that the other cards have. It has a 512 gigabyte per second memory bandwidth and a 256 bus width, 46 RT cores and 184 tensor cores. This is a 220 watt card for $500. Nvidia claims the RTX 3070 is faster than the RTX 2080 Ti. Keep in mind, the 3070 is a $500 card. The one it's replacing was like twelve dollars or $1,300. It's impressive for a card that's $500. And this will launch in October. 
They also claim the 3080 is twice as fast as the 2080. In a demo, Doom Eternal was shown running on the 3080 as well as the 2080 Ti in 4K. From what I could see, the 2080 Ti ran the game in the lower 100s on the frames per second, while the 3080 ran it from lower mid to higher 100s in frames per second most of the time. This is rather impressive and shows NVIDIA is really focused on performance as well as price on this generation's launch. NVIDIA is also claiming a 1.9 times performance per watt improvement for the Ampere architecture versus previous generations. It's still currently unclear if there will be any GTX cards in this generation, though some are guessing NVIDIA may replace their entire lineup with RTX cards this generation. I think this is going to put a lot of pressure on AMD. I don't know what they have as far as things they haven't let out of the gate yet. We know NVIDIA has had the advantage for a long time over AMD. AMD looked like they were going to compete pretty well. They might not have what they need to compete as far as the actual hardware goes, so they might have to compete uh, via price and lower the price of their graphics cards now because of this release. NVIDIA has come out with some major performance gains as well as performance per price and performance per watt. So this is going to be crazy. We'll see what happens with AMD when they release their RDNA 2 graphics cards. We've got news from Nintendo this week. There's a new Mario Kart Live Home Circuit game that uses augmented reality to race inside your home. Nintendo announced a game where users can use their Nintendo Switches to pilot a physical kart around their home. Players can set up gate markers to create the tracks, and the game adds power-ups and traps. The physical cart responds to them accordingly. Home Circuit will launch October 16th. Nintendo also announced Mario 3D All-Stars available for a limited time, and Super Mario Bros. 35, a Battle Royale version of the original game. Super Mario Bros. 35 can have up to 35 players, and is an exclusive offer for Nintendo Switch Online members. And finally, in gaming news, Apple has terminated Epic Games' developer account. Apple terminated the account as well as removed the rest of the company's apps from the App Store. Users who have already downloaded the apps can still use them, but there will be no updates. On August 13th, Epic introduced a direct payment option in Fortnite, which bypassed Apple's in-app purchase system. This has resulted in Apple removing the app. Epic then escalated the legal fight between the companies. A court order prevented Apple from terminating Epic's Unreal Engine account, however. And now we move on to the general tech news. Intel is launching the 11th generation core series Tiger Lake architecture. Tiger Lake is based on Intel's new 10 nanometer super thin architecture, 
featuring the Willow Cove core design and XELP graphics. The company has launched seven processors with two more coming in 2021. The flagship SKU is the Core i7-1185G7, a quad-core CPU with eight threads clocking between 3 GHz to a 4.8 GHz turbo. The low end of the lineup is the Core i3-1110G4, a dual-core and four-thread CPU with a maximum turbo clock of 3.9 GHz. These processors are equipped with up to 96 execution units based on the XELP GPU architecture. The G7 SKUs feature 96 execution units and G4 SKUs will offer 48 execution units. The GPU clock speeds are from 1.1 GHz on the 1110G4 up to 1.35 GHz for the 1185G7. Intel also announced the Evo platform brand, which represents laptops that are based on the 11th generation Intel Core processors with Iris XE graphics. Evo also features wired and wireless connectivity with integrated Thunderbolt 4 universal cable connectivity with Intel Wi-Fi 6, along with premium audio, webcam, and display and sleek, thin, and light form factors. Intel is also boasting the ability to play games such as Borderlands 3, Far Cry New Dawn, Hitman 2, and more with the iGPU on their new processors. Intel has had issues with their 10 nanometer process for some time. It's good to see them finally getting processors released on the 10 nanometer process. However, they're a bit behind AMD as well as ARM processors, really. AMD is on 7 nanometer right now, and we're heading towards 5 nanometer too. In fact, this next story, Apple to make proprietary GPUs for their systems by the second half of 2021. According to the Chinese publication Commercial Times, Apple is working on Apple GPUs, codenamed Lifuka, which are developed on TSMC's 5 nanometer nodes. They aim at delivering higher computing and performance at a fraction of the power required by other GPUs particularly AMD, since that's what they've used for quite a while in Apple's Macintosh computers. If everything goes to plan, Apple may have these new GPUs in next year's iMac models in the second half of 2021. So doing this is actually going to differentiate Apple even further from PCs. I see this as a good thing. I kind of find it boring if everything's all uh, Windows x86 PCs, quite frankly. I like to see other variations of computers. I want to see more than just Intel and AMD x86 64-bit CPUs and GPUs. ARM processors are great. Uh, proprietary GPUs are interesting. Uh, other types of GPUs too, besides NVIDIA and AMD, I, I want to see more competition as far as that goes. But this is setting up Apple to once again be quite different 
from the Windows PC counterparts. When Apple first switched to Intel, I remember thinking, Apple's computers were different from the Intel and AMD machines. When they're going to switch over, they're really going to be no different from a Windows PC. That's what I liked about Apple. And I think it's amazing Apple is creating their own thing again, like they had when they were on the PowerPC architecture and other architectures based on chips like Motorola's chips. And I think that's why people like Apple, because they were different, and they're working on being different again. Facebook is paying users to log off ahead of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Facebook announced it was partnering with outside researchers to study the impact its social media products have on society during the upcoming election. Facebook is expecting around 200,000 to 400,000 users to opt into the project. When they've opted in, the company will be able to see how they interact with its products, including Facebook and Instagram. Facebook explained in a blog post, quote, to continue to amplify all that is good for democracy on social media and mitigate against that which is not. We need more objective, dispassionate, empirically grounded research. That's why today we are announcing a new research partnership to better understand the impact of Facebook and Instagram on key political attitudes and behaviors during the U.S. 2020 elections, end quote. An Instagram pop-up was shown asking users to select how much money they'd be willing to receive in order to deactivate their accounts ahead of the election. They gave the options for $10, $15, and $20 per week. Some users would be asked to deactivate their accounts for one week, while others could be asked to do so for up to six weeks. Facebook is not expected to release the findings of research until the middle of next year. See, I'm not sure the compensation is really enough, in my opinion, because you gotta think about it. A number of people on Facebook might be social media managers or use Facebook to promote their business in some way. Or, I don't know, they might need it to communicate with other family members and friends and that might be the best option to communicate with them. I really think the compensation should be higher, especially if you're using Facebook for anything professional like social media management, promoting your web design business, podcast, what have you. Because, I mean, that's potential income loss right there. And $20 a week will not make up for that. But I do commend Facebook for trying this project. I do think it might appeal to people who aren't using Facebook for professional reasons. But for me personally, I need to be compensated quite a bit more than $20 a week uh, for me to participate in a program like this. Amazon Prime Air can officially begin drone delivery trials here in the U.S. Amazon is now an air carrier. The Federal Aviation Administration has granted Amazon Prime Air approval to begin its first trials in the United States. 
the FAA still needs to define regulations beyond the trial phase, so don't expect it to be full commercial drone delivery service immediately. Amazon will be using its hexagon-shaped next-generation hybrid drones for this project. Amazon drivers are reportedly competing against each other to snag new orders by hanging smartphones in trees outside of Whole Foods. Amazon contact drivers have been hanging phones on trees outside of delivery stations and Whole Foods stores just to get first dibs on new orders. According to drivers, Amazon chooses drivers based on who is closest to the pickup location. Competition has increased in the gig economy due to a steep drop in business. Some drivers have complained to Amazon, but the company says that the system doesn't work that way and that the drivers are describing and waiting closer to the pickup location wouldn't increase one's chances of receiving the order. I have two thoughts on this one here. It could be an assumption of the drivers that it works this way for some odd reason, and they might not know the technical details of it, which is often the case. Maybe someone who knows more the programming side of the apps there would know. Or it could also be the case that Amazon wants its drivers to stop doing this, and maybe Amazon is really doing this this way, but they don't want their drivers knowing this and making decisions based on this. It's hard to say. Um, it might seem like the evidence mounts up to Amazon actually deciding who gets deliveries like this. I, I don't know. I haven't worked for Amazon or done any contracted work for Amazon, but that, those are my two thoughts on it. If you're not listening on the Joey's Totally Tech exclusives, we'll be right back after this message. If you listen on Joey's Totally Tech exclusives, we're not leaving you because it's ad-free, and you can listen for $3 per week, $10 per month, or $100 per year, as well as get full interviews with our guests and other bonus content. That's if you're part of the exclusives. Right now, we have our interviews with Josh Moore, the creator of Snakeware Linux, as well as Antonia Guerra, a video game console expert slash video game player that is a friend of the podcast. So sign up for the exclusives. Otherwise, we'll be back after this message. like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms, or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. That's bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. 
They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. You don't have to pay royalties, you just pay the monthly subscription fee. Or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. Early March 2020, Joey Cagle showed up in the podcasting scene with his podcast, Joey's Totally Tech. He went on to talk about cryptocurrency, unions and tech, programming languages to learn in the current epidemic, and more. That was Season 1, and in Season 2, we up the game. I'm Joey Cagle, and in Season 2 of Joey's Totally Tech, we will have more product reviews and bring in guests to the podcast. We'll take your calls on the tech line at 980-999-0835. That's 980-999-0TEK. As well as the Joey's Totally Tech community at joeystotallytech.com slash community. So feel free to ask your tech questions on either of those. On the podcast, we'll be talking about Linux terminal applications, the upcoming gaming consoles, PC games, tech careers, and more. New episodes are released publicly starting September 14th. Listen at joeystotallytech.com or get an early preview by subscribing to the Joey's Totally Tech exclusives at joeystotallytech.com slash exclusive. And I will catch you next time. Listen on joeystotallytech.com or your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back to the tech news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Continuing on with the tech news. New Chinese rules might complicate the sale of TikTok's U.S. business. The Chinese government has revised rules, the first time since 2008, which governed the sale of certain kinds of technology to foreign buyers. This updated list includes data processing, speech and text recognition, which is the kind of tech that is used by the popular short-form video app. The notices didn't name TikTok or its parent company, ByteDance, 
But experts say that the rule change would likely require ByteDance to obtain government permission before selling TikTok. ByteDance General Counsel Eric Anderson said, quote, As with any cross-border transaction, we will follow the applicable laws, which in this case include those in the U.S. and China, end quote. The company needs to sell the U.S. business to a U.S. buyer by September 15th, or the app will be banned in the U.S. President Trump is also saying the U.S. must be well compensated in the TikTok deal. Google proposes a new campus described as a neighborhood with homes and shops. The company unveiled plans to build a new corporate campus in Mountain View, California. The site would be 40 acres and have a mix of office buildings, housing, shops, and public spaces. Google pledged $1 billion last year to help build 20,000 homes in the region over the next 10 years. The tech giants have faced criticism for contributing to higher rent prices in the Bay Area, one of the reasons for Google to build more houses. Google really doesn't have much use for office space right now, and workers aren't due back in offices until July 2021 at the earliest. As someone who's been a former resident of California, I really don't think 20,000 homes, brand new homes, will lower the price of housing significantly in California, especially in the Bay Area and the Silicon Valley region. A lot of the jobs are just pretty high paying. That's going to force the market upwards. And then you have the other problem. Some jobs are low paying, like at Blizzard Entertainment, for what's in the area. And uh, people can't afford to live out there anyway. So uh, will 20,000 homes do it? I don't think so. But we shall see. The concept is interesting, having everything all in that neighborhood, the office space as well as the shops and homes. You wouldn't have to go very far to go to work. You wouldn't have to go far to go grocery shopping. Excellent concept. I just don't know if this is going to be a lower cost of living or I guess Google would be paying these people well enough to live there. The question is, would the other companies be paying people well enough to live there? Google's personalized audio news feature comes to Google Podcast. Google's Your News Update will cause us to end Joey's Totally Tech, Tech News and Commentary. Just kidding, that's not happening. But that is a feature you can now use on Google Podcast. It's been available for Google Assistant since last year. It customizes news content to listeners' likes and interests and creates personalized playlists of audio news. It uses data that the user has explicitly provided to Google and its products. Users can subscribe to your news update in the Explore tab in the Google Podcasts app. This is one feature I may take advantage of myself. Netflix is launching a free service. Netflix now has a free tier, which includes popular titles like Stranger Things, The Two Popes, and Grace and Frankie. 
No account is required to view the content. This is available for web browsers and Android devices, but iOS is left out, so sorry iPhone, iPod, and iPad users. I do find the free tier a good thing. There's many shows that people would like to catch up on, like Stranger Things, that don't want to pay for Netflix. And maybe some of them don't even feel it's worth it to pay that monthly price just for one show. I don't know. But a lot of subscription platforms out there do have a free tier to help make that decision whether you want to jump to the next level and buy or not. For many people, that free option could be worth it to them. But you could have other content that would make it worth it to purchase a Netflix package. Whole Foods is trying out a dark store for online grocery shopping. The Amazon subsidiary is opening its first online-only store in New York. It's not open to the public. Instead, Amazon delivery drivers collect orders from the shop and deliver them to customers. Amazon converted a few of its stores to temporary online order stores to meet demand, but they've since reverted four of them back. Demand for grocery delivery has risen due to the pandemic, but these plans for online-only locations were made pre-COVID-19. You know, I don't know why we're calling it a dark store. This sounds kind of like a warehouse with stuff in it that the driver goes to and picks up the stuff and delivers it to the customer. Why are we calling this itself a store? It's a warehouse. That's my thoughts on it anyway. Let's have an online movie party with Amazon Prime and Twitch. Twitch's watch parties function is available to the public. This allows streamers and their subscribers to watch Amazon's library of movies and TV shows together. Watch Parties was built specifically for Amazon Prime Video. It's not available on mobile devices currently. Licensing complications will affect what viewers see across regions, however. All viewers will need to have an Amazon Prime account to use this feature. The dating app, Bumble, is preparing for an IPO above $6 billion. The company is preparing for an initial public offering for early next year and possibly seeking a valuation of between $6 billion and $8 billion. Plans haven't been finalized and timing could change. The pandemic caused a number of companies to postpone their debuts this year, but the U.S. capital markets have made a recovery. ZTE announces the first phone with a behind-the-screen camera. The company has unveiled the ZTE Axon 20 5G. It has an under-display camera which works by thinning out the pixels above the display to allow light to reach the camera. The company claims the camera is completely invisible and an unboxing video has supported this claim. It sports a 6.92 inch 2460x1080 OLED display, a Snapdragon 765G system on a chip processor, six gigabytes of RAM, 128 gigabytes of storage, and a 4,220 milliamp hour battery. 
This phone will cost around $321 US in China. Don't expect it here in the US though, as ZTE is currently banned. Interestingly, my first smartphone was a ZTE phone. That, of course, was before the ban. Students found out their tests were graded by AI and cheated the system. Edge Unity's platform uses an AI assignment algorithm, but it can be easily fooled by entering long answers followed by a string of related terms. Edge Unity is an education platform that is used by more than 20,000 schools. And that includes 20 to 25 of the largest school districts here in the U.S. Short answer questions make up less than 5% of the course content, but exploiting the algorithm still has significant impact on the results. Teachers are able to review students' work and override assigned grades, but most teachers aren't changing assigned grades. SpaceX confirms Starlink Internet Private Beta underway with low latency and speeds over 100 megabits per second. The Starlink Internet service has been demonstrating low latency speeds and download speeds of over 100 megabits per second, quite a bit faster than we reported a couple of weeks ago. This far exceeds the capabilities of most other options in poorly covered areas, such as rural areas. The company expects more features to be unlocked as the network is updated. They recently completed their first inter-satellite link between its satellites. This ability will be a core feature of the network. I think it's great that uh, Starlink is getting this together, having fast internet out in a rural area will be a godsend for many. Many of them are using like when they can get a signal their 4G or 5G on their phone and uh, some use satellite like uh, HughesNet and others which quite frankly those of us who like our high speed internet we do not like most of the satellite internet service providers that have been out there so far. Starlink has potential here, though I know a couple of weeks ago I was reporting slower speeds. But we'll see, we could be having a significant upgrade already now that the satellites are linking together. Swiss regions take cryptocurrency for tax payments in 2021. Switzerland's Zub Canton said they plan to accept cryptocurrencies for tax payments next year. The Canton will accept tax payments of up to 100,000 Swiss francs in February. The pilot program will launch in the next few weeks. Anyone paying taxes in cryptocurrency will receive a QR code for payments after notifying tax authorities. Ohio here in the U.S., also wanted to accept tax payments via cryptocurrency, but it was ruled illegal by the state's attorney general last year. Japan has a flying car. SkyDrive Incorporated successfully carried out a test flight of their flying car with a person on board. The vehicle looks like a motorcycle with propellers. It flew several feet off the ground and hovered for four minutes. 
the company hopes to have a real-life product by 2023. As of now, the vehicle can only fly for up to 10 minutes. Japanese convenience store chain begins testing remote-controlled robot staff in Tokyo. There has been a labor crisis in Tokyo for years due to rapid expansion and demanding conditions. Companies have turned to technology for help, including self-payment systems and robots. The Model T robot is remotely controlled via a VR set on an augmented workforce platform. Using the technology, a worker can perform work at several locations during the day, while in-house staff can focus on customers. Family Mart will have Model Ts in up to 20 locations by 2022. The government of Japan hopes to have most labor converted to robot avatars by 2050. It seems that in Japan they have the reverse problem that we might have here in the U.S. Here in the U.S. we are concerned about automation taking over. In Japan, they apparently don't have enough people to do the jobs, so they need the automation for those jobs to get done. That is really interesting, I think. Now, on to science news. In our last category of news, we've got New Scales Small Nuclear Reactors. They're the first to get U.S. safety approval. New Scales Small Reactor designs could potentially mean safer, cheaper, and easier to install nuclear facilities. The design was approved by the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. It's a conventional design using a passive cooling system. There are passive features ensuring a plant shuts down safely and remains safe in emergency conditions. Russia has declassified a video from 1961 of the largest hydrogen bomb ever detonated. In a documentary posted on YouTube on August 20th, footage of the 1961 Tsar Bomba hydrogen bomb test was shown. This was the largest bomb ever detonated on Earth. Footage is shown of the blast from several angles. The bomb was officially named RDS-220 and was 26 feet long and almost 7 feet tall. The destructive force was over 3,000 times larger than the bomb which was used on Hiroshima and the blast could be seen 620 miles away. Airline pilots landing at Los Angeles International Airport reported seeing a guy in a jetpack flying alongside them. This past week, pilots at Los Angeles International Airport reported seeing the person flying about 300 yards off their wing during final approach to landing. An airliner was descending through 3,000 feet when the man showed up. There aren't that many jetpack designs known to be capable of such a feat, and this design is not believed to be one of them that is known. I mean, that's kind of crazy there. I imagine they'll get in trouble with the Federal Aviation Administration. I don't know, maybe some other government organizations too, but they definitely didn't have a flight plan filed with the FAA. 
And I can see this being a major safety concern when it comes to the pilots. Maybe someone out there is trying to be Iron Man. I don't know. So, Tony Stark, please turn over your Iron Man suit. Tiny tweezers. They're microscopic, even. Engineers at Vanderbilt University built optical tweezers that can pick up individual proteins and DNA modules without damaging them. These are optothermo-electrohydrodynamic tweezers, that's a mouthful, which use a laser to trap and lift individual objects as small as 10 nanometers. It can do this without exposing the objects to high-intensity light or heat. This can help doctors diagnose diseases like Alzheimer's disease sooner. An artificial skin that's been developed feels pain. Researchers from RMIT have created an artificial skin which can sense and react to pain. It mimics the nerve pathways in the human body which connect the skin to the brain. It can measure changes in pressure and temperature. It can also differentiate between different levels and types of pain and transmit signals at the same speeds as nerves in the human body. This technology could be used to improve prosthetics, robots, and skin grafts, but much more work is needed before it can interface with the human nervous system. Astronomers may have detected the most massive merger of two black holes ever discovered. There were signs of a massive merger between two black holes that occurred around 7 billion years ago. They combined into one single black hole roughly 142 times the mass of our sun, destroying the equivalent of seven times the mass of our sun and releasing it as energy. Though scientists have observed smaller black holes and supermassive black holes, they have been having trouble finding intermediate mass black holes. But scientists are expecting to see more mergers like this after upgrades to observation facilities are complete. Finally, physicists discover anti-gravity in odd buoyancy experiment. French physicists discovered this new kind of buoyancy produced through vibrating a medium. Scientists found that highly viscous fluids levitated slightly above the bottom of an inverted air-filled chamber if the chamber vibrated rapidly. It produced interesting effects. Scientists demonstrated that a toy boat could float upside down in a stable state on the underside of the levitating liquid. This discovery could have ripple effects in chemical engineering, where scientists use bubble-filled columns as bioreactors. And that is it for your tech news and commentary this week. I hope you found it informational. Informational, that's a new word. Informational and enjoyable. Thank you for listening, and as always, I will catch you next time.